Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Guy Ball, you're Nottingham Forest have slipped to 19th in the Premier League after their 3-2 defeat to Liverpool. It's now 11 games that win, but there was some encouragement at Anfield as Forest Vice face Brighton next on Wednesday night. Joining me to discuss both those games, first of all, is Reds fan Greg Mitchell. Morning, Greg. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Ready to go. Good, good, good man. And second guest today is Michael Temple. Temps, good morning. Morning, mate. I'm good, thank you. You? Uh, good. I didn't I don't think I actually asked how you are. That was very rude. I should have done, but I'm well, thank you. <laughs> And final guest today is former Reds midfielder David Prutton. Prutt, are you well? I'm really well. How are you, Matt? As soon as you're not asking anyone else, go on. Uh, I'm fine. I should apologise to you and Greg for starting this off in a very amateurish fashion by telling you I couldn't hear either of you, then realising I had my It's only been three years we've been doing all this utter ridiculousness via the internet, but well done for getting on board. Exactly, exactly. Right, uh, we'll start uh, with the 3-2 defeat at Liverpool and move on to Brighton. Greg, you were there in the away end. What did you make of it? I don't know if this is like the story of our season. To say we walked out with a loss, it was pretty upbeat. The away end was upbeat. They clapped him off to a person and I don't know, there was a a lot to take from it. I think drove drove home a little bit happier than I thought I would, especially after a loss. What did you make of it, Temps? It was a it was a funny old game, wasn't it? Because we did the preview show and we, we said we wanted to feel coming away that Forrest had left it all on the pitch. Uh, and they certainly did. But there was also that element of frustration around the goals, which we'll get to. We were effective in the sense that we generated 11 shots from 19% possession. But there was a lot of anti-football in there, wasn't it? We were even more defensive um, than before. We didn't retain the ball. There's a, a stat which was... Um, pushed on us over the weekend about that. That was the game in which a team made the second least, uh, completed the second least number of passes in the history of the Premier League. There were players in that Liverpool team that cre- uh, that completed more passes than the entire Forest team and ball retention was a real issue. However, we, we found a weapon in the Neocarty throw-in, which was more accurate than our corners and created all kinds of uh, problems. Um, good goals. Nico Williams' goal uh, in particular, he had the, the freedom of um, Liverpool on the right-hand side. We've, we've come unstuck by um, pretty horrific defending from set-pieces and the concession of those set-pieces as well. So th- those that have watched the um, highlights rather than the 90 minutes will have, will have just seen that. Just systematic failings in marking, in positioning, uh, two or three instances of players trying to play the 1990 Arsenal offside trap without communicating it to their, their teammates. Um, pretty horrendous uh, goals to goals to concede. But yeah, to, to Greg's point, um, we we were efficient with the ball. We did look to break quickly and cause them problem from our throw-in. Um, there were chances missed as well in that game, the tie were overhead and the, the, the Brennan one-on-one, which 
um, could have seen us emerge with a, uh, a point. But from Liverpool's perspective, they were wasteful as well. They had far too many opportunities to tune in from set pieces before they eventually started to convert them um, into, into goals. And that's the big lesson we need to take from that. We cannot concede those types of goals from set pieces and expect to get points from Premier League games. I'll bring Prots in in a sec. I'll just throw one more to Greg. Because, I mean, I thought, realistically, it was the best way to go about the game and to be in the game. Uh, and they, I thought they executed a game plan. And I'll ask Prutz about the goals. But did it feel in the ground, Greg, and you know, from your personal opinion, that there was a plan in place and that they, they stuck to it and they were diligent? Yeah, I feel a little bit less upbeat now. <laughs> <laughs> Temps was right. However, it's what we did with that 19%. When we had the ball, every time we had the ball, we went for that. Taiwo was a menace. Like He just creates these... What we've missed this season is getting free kicks in dangerous areas. Yeah, getting the throw-ins and things like that, which are now part of our dangerous, almost set-piece attack. Um, so we were getting these chances, and that's why we got the 11 shots away from home, five of them on target. So I don't care how much possession we have. I think out of all the away games that we've lost this season, that was the one by far that we created the most chances in. So, yeah, for me... There was so much more to take away from it than there was to think we're in so much trouble. I think there's a lot more hope, especially at the end of the game. Like I say, the, the fans, they all they all stayed behind. They all clapped them off. You saw how frustrated Cooper was. It's like he'd figured out something, figured out to, to try and get a result without necessarily you know, conforming to the usual ways that we play. And it, it almost worked. Nico had the best game he's had this season. Uh, he had a good goal as well. And... Uh, I just think that the key is the attacking and the substitutions. God, bringing on three attackers at, at a time and just things like that, a little bit different, a little bit more hope. Buckets of hope for Wednesday now. I mean, possession isn't everything. And, and that, for me, was one of our better away performances, as crazy as it sounds. So, perhaps my question to you is, on the one hand, Forrest restricted Liverpool from open play, looked to threat themselves and execute a game plan. So does that are they a team that's got every chance of staying up? But on the yeah. other hand, they conceded three horrendous goals, and that's the whole yeah. of a team that goes down. So, so which are they? Do you think? Well, I, I think it encapsulates all that I'm hearing on here with the frustration of so many good things, but then completely undone with the fundamentals. I mean, you know, we know what Jurgen Klopp's like. He's very magnanimous after games. He will always big up the opposition if he feels they're playing a certain way. And he did. He's done exactly the same, hasn't he? Post match with. Steve and, 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 and the team talking about how they were really kind of ruffled and getting pushed uh, for the three points. There were warning signs before the first goal went in. The delivery of, of um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is superb. And then it, it, after that, it's marking, it's picking up. It's, it's gen, genuine and very, very general uh, responsibility taking. And this, this must be the thing that infuriates fans more than anything because a lot of football, as we know, is off the cuff. It's reactive. Um, I understand I've just said about how good his delivery is, but you can still, hence the fact it's called a set piece, you can set up, right? You mark him, you mark him. And then if you take a look at the goals, I mean, the the, the Jota, um, where he's allowed to bring it down in the box, is, is, is staggeringly inept because... Because of the player that he is, you know exactly who you're coming up against. There's, 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 
they'll have reams and reams and reams of homework and, and data to find out and to get up to speed with who's doing what at what time. But if you're in the box and you think, hang on, Jota's on his own, someone's got to go and close him down. It's as simple as that. It's the same with Mo Salah. Mo Salah's on his own in the box. Someone's someone's messed up. So I think as much as um, there's a lot, as Greg's saying, to take from it, and it is a way to play Liverpool, they the, the smashed leads, didn't they? It's still a team, even though it's been underperforming from their standards this season, it's a team that will dismantle most of the Premier League, if not teams in Europe as well. So let's, there's, there's no disgrace in that. And to push him that far is fantastic, but it, then it ends up being just a valiant effort, doesn't it? Yeah. So back, back to the original point, Matt, of, of what the question was. There's enough there, there's enough fight, particularly against the teams that are coming up between now and the end of the season, for Forrest to get the points to stay up. But they'll absolutely kill themselves by not doing the basics, not marking, not picking up. And like I said, there were two or three warning signs over the course of the first half, which means once you do get back in and regroup, then, right, lads, we've got away with two or three there. Let's make sure that we knuckle down and make sure it's better in the second half, which unfortunately it wasn't. Um, before we get on to the specifics, uh, um, I'll ask you about them, perhaps to break them down for us. But just in general, you kind of hinted at it there. Those set pieces, is that a player responsibility thing or is it a coaching thing? Because they have a terrible record from defending set pieces this season. It's not just this one game. So where does the blame lie for you, do you think? I would always say it's more it more lands in the lap of the players. Because I, 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 we, we, without sounding like a very boring old ex-pro, which is what I am, this, the, there are, players look for answers and solutions far more than they ever did. Who am I marking? What am I doing? What do I want to do with this? It's your responsibility, and it's it all back back in my day. It'd be written down who was marking who. It would be worked on diligently every day, and I'm not. I mean, I'm sure Steve does it even more so in the Premier League because of of the fine margins of how you can lose a game, a Liverpool game three two, at on the back of set pieces. So that that's 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 the thing that will absolutely infuriate him because you can sit and work and and and. Um, really get down to the kind of brass tacks with it all. So it's I'd say it's 60% the player's responsibility, 40% the team collective. And then after that, it's about making sure that you've got the right players to mark the right people. We saw them do well uh, with set pieces in the championship. I think it just reflects just how good the Premier League is. But I'm, I'm not telling anybody on here anything new. The, the delivery's great. Um, the attacking of the balls, very fierce. But on the flip side of it, you can't give Salah space. You can't give Diego Jota space. It's sacrilegious to think that you can go to Anfield, do that and come away with three points. It's madness. Um, I'll stick with you just through these goals. I'm sorry to leave the other lads <laughs> out for a minute, but it makes sense because you're the ex-pros to break them down for us. The first goal then, mm. it was a bit of a needless corner to concede. Mm. Um, no, no one comes out of it very well, do they? Near Cassie, Joe, Worrell... Mm. Lodi on the line. It wasn't. No. It wasn't the worst of them, but it wasn't very good, was it? No. And there's there's enough players there. And the thing is, when you analyse goals and you look at where the warning signs are, there's enough Forest players in that 18 yard box, almost in the six yard box, that can deal with it. There's there's always that thing in the back of your head when you look at a player that's relatively, I say relatively short. I mean in Premier League football in terms in in Jota's. It, being the kind of menace in the air, you kind of think, come on, there must be somebody must be around to make sure that they take charge of that. I always do think in that position, the odds are slightly stacked in favour of the attacking side because they've got nothing to lose. They can throw themselves forward. They can work out where the next header is going to go, where the flick on may be going. 
Um, but it's still, I'm not letting the defence off the hook because as a collective, I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I mean, w- was every every man back possibly? I'd think I think so. maybe which, one be left up, yeah. So maybe one at the top. So by virtue of that, you've got enough numbers there to be able to deal with that particular situation. And it wasn't unlike situations we'd seen earlier on in the game where a ball goes into the back post, it's headed back across goal. There's one cleared off the line, wasn't there, before the actual first goal went in. So it's taking heed of those warning signs. And it, I like to say, I mean, any goal that goes in, you look round for responsibility, whose fingers are on it. And unfortunately, there were several players involved in that one. Uh, Greg, you mentioned Nico there. You, you said it was his best game. I mean, he was good at both ends, wasn't he? He cleared one off the line and then he got his goal. He deserved that, you think? Yeah, and it's funny how before the game and us during the game talking about Trent, how he's moved into a midfield position, you wonder whether that's eventually going to be Nico's route as well because it's obvious his attacking is a lot more effective at the minute and now he's getting a goal as well and he's getting chances. But also, you know, clearing off the line was a massive thing as well. He was he was a menace, he was, and they were worried about him. They were getting two on him at points, and he's just got to keep that up now. He's got to keep that up. I know we'll talk about it, but against a tired Brighton team, he could cause them real problems. And I think that was one of the the biggest hopes I took from from the weekend that Nico, the guy who was always the number two at the start of the season in that position, is really making it his own now, and he's making sure that his his positive side of the game is outweighing. Sometimes his defensive frail is so yeah, he needs to keep going because he's going to be a good player for us. Great, can I just ask you? Sorry to jump in, Mark. Can I ask you? I mean, celebration wise, I understand Nico, he's a very, very good footballer. He seems like a lovely young man, um, and he's been at Liverpool for a very, 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 very long time. You scored a goal in a game that could be absolutely ginormous for Nottingham Forest, and you're running off going. That's getting the away end, yeah. My god, <laughs> like uh, again, I, I sound. I sound 70 years old, but that's that's shirt off, that's come on, we'll, we might have a point here that's going to send us wherever. It's not, sorry, really sorry. Just celebrate, it's a goal for God's sake. I've watched I, that I never back. scored them, so it annoys me. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've watched that back, and do you know what I did think? I felt like he, he almost stared the home end out, though, when he didn't <laughs> celebrate. So I reckon he did it because he thought he had to, but he was saying, like, I am good enough for this place. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind it. He scored. I was too busy somewhere on the floor. In the you were doing the celebrating <laughs> for him. Yeah, exactly. No, I didn't mind it at all. Uh, Temps, I'll throw the second goal at you for Liverpool because I don't think we need, you know, all due respect to Prots, I don't think it needs a football <laughs> genius to break it down. Which I'm obviously not, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Talk us through it, Temps. I mean, yeah. There's been a lot of contenders for worst goal conceded this season. Everton at home springs to mind that second goal, but I mean that was worse than anything we've seen, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just so preventable, isn't it? And you know that if if they are doing video analysis this morning, it's the one <clears throat> that they're going to 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 dwell on. I mean, we've uh, we've we, we, we've all seen it. It's just it's just weak. You know the the individual marking the. Uh, individual responsibility, the collective responsibility. We've decided to go try and go uh, touch tight and man to man, and it just it just hasn't worked. It just just showed that that frailty um, laid bare. So so disappointed to, uh, to to concede that one. So two questions for you on that goal, Pros. It was so bad I couldn't tell who was meant to be marking Jota. I think it was Freuler, mm. but literally no one goes with him. So, so the finger's been pointed at. Freuler, hasn't it, across several kind of outlets. And if you if you look at it, there is yeah, I can I can absolutely see why that's the case. But 
I mean, it's it's a chest, it's a knee, then it's a volley. I don't, I don't, I don't know whether the thing that annoys me most is the fact that he's managed to control it on his thigh. Because it, it, it's had that much time and space to be able to... Set, I mean, it's a wonderful finish. He's had that much time and space to set up exactly how he needs to set it up. They look more alive in those instances. Um, the quality of the ball into the box helps Jota do what he does. But then that element of panic stations, whether it's Freuler that's been lost, that the mitigation comes from everyone piling in to try and stop the, the, the shot. But it's... Um, I mean, it's neither here nor there whether they score at the cop end or, or the away end. But it, talk about helping a team get its tail up. You know what I mean? Chip the ball into the box, take it down. Pretty decent finish. And then it, we're, we're looking at a player that went for quite a long time without scoring goals. But in Jota, they've, they've kind of got right back to it, haven't they, with him? So there's, you're absolutely right. And and when when you can over-intellectualise football and over-analyse football, that's a simple case of someone was allotted to go with him who didn't go with him and then none of his teammates reacted to the initial mistake and it compounds it by ending up in the back of the net. But the days of standing on the edge of the box with your hand in the air appealing for offside now are long gone. <clears throat> you continue to play and if he's offside, <clears throat> the video referee will tell you. It's just, it's com- complete waste of, of time and energy and it's so, so naive. The one player that emerges of any credit from that is Felipe who sees the misgivings of others and tries to uh, throw himself and scramble to, to to block the shot. But he's doing that while two lads are on the edge of the box with a hand in the air. And that that has to change. That well, collective it, it makes it desire. look Sunday league, doesn't it, Temps? You know what I mean? It's Sunday league. It, yeah, people looking around thinking, what on earth is going here? Yeah. The other it thing is, I just wanted to ask about it, Prots, is mm. where's the leadership in... I mean, this is really basic, but setting where the line is. I mean, yeah. you've got Felipe, Niacate and Warrell on the pitch and Freud yeah. as the captain. And then you've got players here five yards further, players dropping. That Again, that's got to be, is that, a, is that a leadership of senior players thing on the pitch? Has someone's got to grab hold of that situation? Yeah, and it's not a specific case of, right, you do this at a set piece where we defend it on the edge of our 18-yard box. Nominally, it, it, if it's on one side of the pitch, whoever's at the back of the line that can see all the way down the line and across the 18-yard box has probably got the best handle on where to stand and where to make sure that the line stays. But we're, we're talking about elite-level sport. If every single person in that line is not saying something, then that's a dereliction of duty in my eyes because you, that, that old cliche about noisy players and leaders and all that, Nottingham Forest have absolutely no room for for wallflowers or people that need to be told to stay up and, and hold a high line at all. This, it, it's it's where the professional side of being a footballer comes in. It's your job, without wanting to sound like Roy Keane. It's it's the job of you got to hold the line. You you got to be in touch, touching distance of the man either side of you. If you're at the back, you got to make sure that that line's nice and straight. And then, as as Temp says, then there's there's so many things about that goal to really kind of get you go, but just the fundamentals of people stood with their arm in the air, not knowing that the vast majority of all the teammates are behind them. So, I mean, nobody knows what offside is, but I can quite categorically say it isn't offside if you've got most of your team behind you and you've got your arm in the air. That's that's ridiculous. So, it's, it's hard because we are talking about the Premier League. We are talking about the sexiest division on the planet, but this, the, the, the fundamentals will never, ever, ever change, regardless of whether you sell the product for the best part of five billion quid, you, you've still you still got to do the things that you do with your mates if you're playing whenever, wherever and whenever. You, it's 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 the communication, it's to take responsibility. And as you say, Matt, the, the, 
coming away from all that and maybe going against the point that I just made, there's big, big, noisy people on that pitch. They're either raging that no one's done the job or they're not doing their jobs properly. Mm-hmm. At that point, Greg, did you think that was it? Forest haven't scored yeah. you know, twice away from home. So do you think they were dead and buried at that point? Yeah, and I think that's why the second goal was one of the, you know, as a as a moment, one of the best moments this season. It was wild. It was just unexpected. And also it was, um, the second was Gibbs White, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I just feel like he'd be better not taking the corners anymore and being the threat on the outside of the box. You know, these corners, they're, they're not usually... They're not usually that successful with us as well, but him on, him on the edge You're of the box. a proper box. diplomat, you are. There's a, there's a compliment yeah. in there somewhere, Greg. In there. His corners are awful, but his volleys on the edge of the box are, yeah. are half decent. Yeah. Morgan, you're so good at shooting from 30 yards. Go and stand yeah, over there. That's the thing. We need that threat, don't we? Anyone can take a corner. Let someone else have a go, isn't it? You know, I just think it'd be, it'd be better. You know what? I don't think anyone can take a mean, corner. Yeah. That's the problem. A, yeah. Real skill to it. Yeah, as, as, can, can I just ask a, a general question with regards to uh, Morgan? Because I, I keep I'd seen, and I mean that's the thing with Twitter, isn't it? With these little kind of posts that go up with stats of a player so far or recent stats. Um, what what's the general consensus? Because I, I, having seen him at first hand, getting Forrest out of the Championship, he was a fundamental part of that, and I think he's ebbed and flowed over the course of the season. Given the price, given I'll maybe set the price up because that's a completely random thing plucked out of the air and it's got nothing to do with the player. Um, his output, is, is, is the, the kind of bit of stick that he's getting from certain factions, is it justified? Do we expect more because of the player that he is? Should he be doing more? He's at his best when he's a complete luxury player and he's got no defensive responsibility. So there's a couple of examples where we've, we've seen him sit on Casemiro and try and nullify that and it's killed him. There's been other examples where people like John Joe have come into the side and wanted to... Um, be deep-lying playmakers and bypass him. He's, he's been anonymous. But when passes go through him, or where he, when he's striding through the thirds and, and trying to work with Brennan or whoever might be off the left, he looks really effective. And he, he can definitely live at this level, but we haven't found ways in several games to get the best out of him. And I think being in a team that's on the back foot, mm. is trying to soak it in and, and, and spring quickly, hasn't necessarily suited him. So I think the, the best is yet to come from Morgan Gibbs White. I can see why Cooper um, trusts him and you know laid out a good chunk of that summer transfer budget to, to get him hit, get him in. But at times our tactics have suppressed what he's able to bring to the table. Yeah, he's been quiet the last few games. Since Wolves, where he was great and he was so obviously up for it. He's had a couple of quiet games. I mean is it on a player? I know I'm asking you a lot of the same sort of questions here, Chris. Is it on a player to get themselves into the game more, even if the tactical framework doesn't fit them, does Morgan have to do a bit more to be more effective, or is he like Temps has been a little bit stifled? It's a really good question, really good question. Because going off what Temps has said there, if if Morgan goes rogue away at Anfield, and you come away having shipped five, what does that do for the mentality of the team? What does it do for the confidence of the team? It shoots it to bits. Um, He's, he, I've the, the games I've seen and the player that I've seen is a, is a, is a technically a very very good player. He links up well. We've seen some wonderful moments between him, himself and Brennan over the course of the season. Who needed more of that because of the quality and, and as, as we said the outlay of that. Um, 
But I think Forrest are in a position now where the team has got to be absolutely paramount. Yes, it's great if he can if he can create something against sides in and around them that they need to take points off. But I think going to Anfield, setting up the way that they did, giving Liverpool... I mean, what they managed to do was both scare Liverpool at times and absolutely terrify their own fans, didn't they, by the, the defending at set pieces, but also um, showing Liverpool how to mix it up a little bit. So I think possibly there is a bit of stifling. Maybe it's reflected. If, if, it's a, if he's a truly indulgent player that gets you double figures for goals and assists, that's a different thing. Um, but he's not quite at that level yet. I think, again, going along with what Thompson and Gregor said, he's got the potential to get there. But in this Forest side, where it's very much about survival first and foremost, there might be performances which don't reflect how good he is as an individual. But if he's doing his bit for the team, then it's it's the greater good, I think, which might be frustrating for him, frustrating for Forest fans to watch because there are um, attacking intent, or there is attacking intent with players such as that, which is really exciting and what why we all watch football. But... It's more damage limitation at times with some of the bigger teams, isn't it? Do you think, I mean, Greg, do you, you feel like if Forrest are going to stay up, Morgan's going to be central to it still? Yeah, sorry, I got distracted by the window cleaner then. He was just staring at me. So. <laughs> just staring at you. Like one of those 1970s films, <laughs> Greg. Is he knocking <laughs> on the window? <laughs> I think Confessions they want to gate it. But... <laughs> The thing with Gibbs White, like, great point, Greg. He was, he's listening to he's listening now. <laughs> the thing is, um, I think Gibbs White stays with us next season, whatever happens. Unlike Johnson, Johnson's you know Premier League through and through now, I believe. And I don't know whether that's a reflection on how his season probably hasn't gone the way you'd think it would have. But there's absolutely buckets of potential there. Still, he's so young; he can change games. He's got that creativity. Which, you know, it doesn't necessarily show it on the stats. Like, but even in our own half, the creativity to get us out of trouble and get us into an attacking move. And when he links up with players like Johnson, he can be the best on the pitch and the most influential. So, but I do think he'll he'll stay with us, whatever happens this this season, which I think is a great thing for us, but possibly a reflection on how it, it hasn't really gone the way it probably should have with him because he's certainly got the potential to be a top, top player. And he showed it. He's shown it in probably, there was a spell of five or six games after Christmas where he thought, wow, he is, he is the guy for us. And he will be, but you know, it's just, it's not just on him, but the performances haven't been as strong recently, but he showed a lot more again on, on Saturday. That's for sure. Um, two thick wing, two quick things in the comments. Uh, Dan says, <laughs> what? Two thick wings. I hope you're going to pull out these little Greg comments from uh, Greg comments here because they're belters. Yeah, there's the one about from Dan. You, where's your on air sign? That's how the window cleaner doesn't know you're busy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I had that band around my house last Friday, didn't I? So I used it downstairs and I managed you had to a band. bring it back. A band around the house. Yeah, I had to chase Greg into his window cleaner. I'm on air. <laughs> <laughs> The second really one important. is I'm doing a podcast. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, everyone does a podcast now. Um, for people who are listening, oh, no. not viewing, Ross points out quite rightly that Forrest haven't won a game since Greg was on the overlap with his mate Gary and ribbing Carra about we're coming for Liverpool with five points behind them. Do I need to tell Ross that I'm on it on Friday again? I know. I don't know if that's good or bad. Are you going Let's on hope again, Greg? Cheers, Prutz, for that again, by the way. Well, 
Marcel yeah. and Mark, uh, 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 did we sort out that finder's theme as, as Greg? Was <laughs> we should have still waiting. Was it was it on a, on a separate note? Was it is it good fun? I mean, it's, it's it's very slickly put together, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing the studio, everything. But I'm just worried that, like, say, if, if Carragher keeps receipts, I'm hoping he's a too busy man to remember what I was saying. But. <laughs> Anyway, after three points on Wednesday, I'll be boring again. (laughs) Exactly, after three points. Just finishing up on the Liverpool game quickly, we can't uh, gloss over the third goal. Match of the day, digged out Freuler, which was pretty obvious. They also pointed out Mangala for not dropping into that area on the edge of the six-yard box to cut out what was another very good delivery from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Just break that one down for us. Uh, Again, I mean, what you said there is, is very succinct and to the point. To the almost kind of um, infuriatingly to the point because it makes it sound simple and and again in my little pocket of playing played against some very very good players I mean Mo Salah is one of the the best we've ever seen but it's not like Mo Salah's absolutely ripped apart the Forest back line Mo Salah just put himself in a position where Mo Salah scores most of his goals doesn't he and again it sounds like I'm oversimplifying I'm not mocking any of it at all because it's it's. It's a serious situation that Forest find themselves in of their own doing because it, it, it's warning signs. It, it's it's hitting the panic button at the right time and knowing where your player is. If your player's Mo Salah, I'm not saying stand there with your arms around him. I'm saying make sure that you can see as much of him, the goal and the ball at the same time. Like we said, delivery is fantastic, um, but it's not unstoppable delivery if everyone's doing their particular jobs. What happens in that instance is... Yeah, and you're quite right to flag up the kind of context of it, Matt. But it, it not you normally look at it and go, "Oh, the nearest person, it's his fault." Well, no, there's things that happen before that for the ball to get to that particular position for them to take advantage of it. So there's there's nothing much else I can say. It, it's it's not you can't define it as defending because it's not. It's getting somewhere near the opposition, but not affecting them in the slightest. So. Um, we know what Steve's like. He, he he's a he's a very calm, very balanced, very mild mannered um, fella. I, I'd actually when the, when there was there was obviously there was a lot of conjecture about him. Then it all went quiet. Then it all ramped up again. And I texted him. And this is not betraying any form of of, of personal trust he's got with me. Just kind of, I said something along the lines of, "It sounds like you're getting absolute pelters at the moment. I hope you're okay." Uh, and, and he kind of said, well, that's just the very nature of the job. There's worse things happening to people. And he wasn't just saying it to try and kind of sound uh, like a politician. He, he kind of put it in context. There's worse things going on in the world. It's just the attention's on me at this moment in time, and I'm going to do everything that I possibly can. And whether you think about his tactics, the way he sets his team up, there was obviously a debate about Brennan not starting the game, but then it gave an air of solidity, which almost saw Forrest through to a point with Brennan coming on and hitting the crossbar. Um Steve's defenders not picking up vital attacking players for the opposition is not Steve Cooper's fault. It's the defenders' fault. It's the players' fault. Um, and I sincerely hope there's enough trust and open debate because I'd seen it on a couple of the comments about having, sitting down and having, and having a, a proper chat about this. I, Forrest, or the Forest players I know strike me to be honest enough to go, sorry boss, we've let you down in that particular instance. Come away from the tactics, come away from the formation, come away from the setup and the team selection. Once you're picked regardless of whether there's been injuries during the course of the game, you mark, you do your job. You mark the fella that you're nearest to. You don't let him have a position where he's going to get a relatively decent chance on goal uh, and take responsibility. And that's what, collectively, they've got to do between now and the end of the season. 
just quickly to you, Prox, as well. We've spoken about Steve Cooper's future at length, uh, and quite a few fans would want him to be sacked, which I can see a case for, which is fair enough. There'd still be fans now between the Liverpool game and the Bryant game who say he should be sacked. So I'll just mm. throw it to you quickly. To me, that would be just mental with the timing and coming off the back of that performance. Can you mm. see any merit in changing manager at this point? No, I, I, I think given how late it is and given who is potentially available. And I mean, unless they'd, they'd have somebody lined up, because how eggy does it look when we've seen a manager come out and then suddenly it looks like a, a, a club doesn't have plan B, plan C, plan D with regards to putting somebody in it. Um, if For Forrest to stay in the division for the first time in over two decades, it is would be an unbelievable achievement. It's also unbelievably hard. It's, it's Everest-like in its challenge, isn't it? So if he gets them there, fantastic. If he doesn't, people will, will throw the word around like failure and all that type of stuff. I, it just goes to show how ruthlessly competitive it is. I think at times, possibly where we've seen him change tactics over the course of a season, and the season's ebbed and flowed with regards to how he's changed the team and how the team's performed. And um, I think when we thought he was in serious trouble uh, and then they came out and backed him and pushed him forward, that changed the air a little bit. I don't think the atmosphere has changed too much. I'm sure Gregor Temps can, can put me right on that with regards to the city ground. But um, I, I don't see much merit in between now and the end of the season if you if you change the manager because whoever, whoever comes in has to know the club inside out and the players inside out to get the best out of them. And I think Steve has done that. I also do think genuinely there's three worst teams in Forest in, the, in this division. Um, just quickly, Temps, just to finish this game off, because I see the clock is ticking. The big call before the game was leaving Brennan out. I must admit, I didn't really get it until they lined up at kickoff. And then I thought, oh, yeah, I see it now. We're going to play two midfielders and two midfielders with Morgan playing a deep role. No one particularly wide, which Brennan would have to do. Did it, when you when you saw how they went about the game, did it make sense to you that Brennan was left out of this one? Yeah, I, I didn't back. The change when I saw it, I thought Brennan was one of a handful of players for me that is a, is, is a must-pick and definitely gets in our best 11. I don't think he was dropped. Steve Cooper said it was a, a football decision, a tactical decision. Um, it certainly brought more out of Nico. Um, weirdly meant there was less attention on him on the on the right-hand side as it played out with the goal, but he'll be restored, restored to the side for Wednesday. No question about that. I think he had an eye on the fact that there were three games coming up in the week. Um, two of which were more winnable than that trip to Anfield. And I'll use this phrase for the first time. I think I think Wednesday is genuinely a must-win game. And the roadmap I've got to us surviving, three points come from Brighton at home. And to achieve that against a tired Brighton side, he wants a fresh Brennan Johnson in there. We also saw that he, he can be an impact sub and he possibly will be an impact sub somewhere else in the Premier League next year. But he he, he had his chance, didn't he? So it was a it was a justified call. Um, he's de-risked his team selection for Wednesday, which is good foresight from a manager under intense pressure to get a result here and now. He almost did nick a point against the head. We've gone through the defensive frailties that cost us there, but Brennan Johnson will be back in this side for Wednesday. And he'll be all the hungry having missed out on this one. And he was really unlucky with that effort that hit the bar. I don't think he could have done much more there. You get it over Allison, you're like eight yards out. You're just hoping it dips under the bar. So yeah, I thought, yeah, he came on. He looked bright. He did a good job for the team. I'm sure he'll do very well uh, going forwards. 
Greg tempts, uh, turns to Bright and then tempts says it's must win. I think I saw you nodding along there. Does it feel like it, they've really got to take three points now? Yeah, if we walk out there on Wednesday after the win, we'll all be saying we had to win that game. Mm. Uh, and I think we will. I really do. The thing that we've struggled with this season at home is when it's these teams that aren't the top four, it doesn't seem like we get up for it as much. Like There's been many of them recently and Brighton feels like a top four game. It really does. It feels like it's everything about that one and the atmosphere is going to be there. It's going to be under the lights, which we love. Um and we've got a lot of players that are hungry. I, I, like I say, I loved, I loved the fact that we brought three strikers on at once or two strikers on at once, an attacking player. Um, and I think that the options we now have to go and win a game when we need to, it's, it's perfect timing. And I really do think there's a massive chance if everyone's behind them, which they're going to be, to, to get the result. It's, it's busy in Temps' office today. I can see there's a lot of, lot of ins and outs going someone- on bursting through the door like the politician that time his kid came in and he went out yeah. <laughs> he, he was in a meeting didn't he in the first one <laughs> <laughs> what, what he said was I, I had Gemmo on toast at the weekend <laughs> 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 former forest striker easy peasy <laughs> you weren't meant to mention that between my staff and, and Greg's window cleaner, anything can happen here. And, and Christ knows what's in the cupboard of Prutz's bedroom at the Premier League. I've just seen that the door's open. That's really thrown me. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm doing the classic podcasting thing of wearing a T-shirt and a pair of shorts. So I'm not going to get up to shut the door. So no, I'm <laughs> the, the psychology of this game kind of fascinates me after um, yesterday, Prutz, for Brighton mm. as much as anything. Yeah. What kind of, I mean, every man's different and you can't say this for sure, but what kind of impact do you think physically and mentally that FA Cup the defeat will have on them? Well, I think, I mean, the physical side of it is something that you we've, <laughs> from a Forest angle, everyone's, yes, fantastic to go that far and also to lose. I mean, without kicking Brighton, whether or not down, they've done very, very well this season to get to where they've got to. Um, that absolutely puts itself in, in Forest's favour. But again, I mean, it's a club... Historically, there's, there's, with the greatest respect to Brighton, there's bigger football clubs that we've seen historically. But as an example of how to crack the Premier League kind of consolidation middle portion, they're one of the best examples. Brentford, another one that you've got to mention in, dis- in dispatches. They're, they're a great example of what they've done, how they've moved on with regards to recruitment. Obviously, big questions um, from Forest's point of view with volume of players, quality of players in and out the door, what Brighton have managed to do with shining up people that we've never heard of and sell them on for a lot of money, whilst also maintaining the standards on the pitch for themselves has been phenomenal, really. So um, it, it's there's, there's plenty to keep Forrest honest in this. Um, I'm leaning towards what Temps is saying when you talk, when you talk about must-wins. Um, a point is obviously wonderful, but the psychology, as you're saying, Matt, going into this last run of fixtures... Could be huge off the back of this game. Um, there'll be a lot of tension. There'll be a lot of emotion. Um, I, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you're looking at a Brighton side that's a little bit battle weary from the weekend. But by no means do you kind of sell them short. And I, again, I agree with Temps. I think Brendan back in the side, um, the way that they can go about other teams, uh, particularly under the lights, as Greg's saying, stacks it. Marginally in Forest's favour, but again, we're talking on paper. They defend like they did against Liverpool, they'll lose. Yeah, true. Um, 
attack from the off, Greg, or sit back and wait for Brian to tire out in the last 20 minutes then? Go for it. How, what do you want to see? Go for it. You know, continue their upset that they had on, on Sunday. Just go for them straight away, catch them off guard. Uh, yeah, go for them attacking. And then have those options on the bench like we did against Liverpool as well to really make them think in the second half if we need to. One question, Temps, around team selection. I think we all agree that Brennan comes back in. For me, I would go back to the back four and play 4-3-3. And I'd take, obviously, McKenna's out, so I'd take Warrell out of the team. The only risk from that is, we were praising Nico Williams, but right back against Mitoma, who's just like unbelievably skillful <laughs> and unbelievably good, would be a bit of a worry for me. What, what would you like to see? One of two things will happen. Either Worrell or Mangala will be left out for Brennan Johnson, depending on what he decides to do tactically there. Despite all the praise we've heaped on Nico Williams, I'd be far more comfortable with the back four if, if Serge Aurier was, was available. The worst of Nico is defensive frailty, one-on-one against a winger. The best of Nico is freed of some of those shackles and able to get forward far more. Um, I think I'm probably leaning towards uh, Johnson in for Mangala. Um, at least, at least I, I perceive that um, Cooper will will feel he'll get more out of his his wide players in in doing that. And Mangala was not culpable, but certainly there was there was some uh, moments in that game where his positioning from set pieces would would draw attention to him. Um, so I'm I'm probably expecting the the back three and Warrell keeping his place. But yeah, they're they're the two options open to him, and that decision between back four and back three will ultimately in, inform who misses out. Uh, two quick questions from that then. Following out, is Froiler at risk or not? Because you know like, he's made some high-profile mistakes. I think probably his form since Forest haven't won is is probably underwhelmed a little bit. Or does he keep his place based on experience and and leadership? Look, he, he shouldn't keep his place based on anything other than his, his form. And there have been far too many um, games for me when he, he hasn't lived up to his, his billing. But it's a relative call, isn't it? And Cooper needs to, needs to decide if he trusts him more than Mangala. And in, in a positional sense, he probably does. We've gone over the fact that he, he didn't stay goal side of Mo Salah when he, when he scored his goal at the, at the weekend. But... Generally, he is dependable, if not spectacular, defensively. And we criticise him because of the simplicity of his his passing um, and the fact that despite doing a lot of running, it's not unfair to say he, he gets everywhere but doesn't do too much uh, with, with the ball. So, yeah, look, he, he should be under pressure. But the fact that he's worn the captain's armband for a, a couple of weeks and has been... Uh, pretty much a regular selection when he's been fit in Cooper's eyes suggests to me that Mangala's more at risk. Uh, and one for you, Prots. Uh, she and Brighton are going to play Caicedo looks absolutely knackered, which is brilliant at the end, with McAllister, <laughs> who's also brilliant, but he, he must be knackered. And then a number 10. Can Forrest, well, Forrest or anyone, two versus three in midfield. A lot of games mm. seem to be decided there these days. Can you can you win games playing a two in midfield now against a three at this level? Um <clears throat> question uh I, I would say the proof over the course of the season is probably not um we're talking about the very high class if as you say slightly knackered midfield that brian have got um 
once again, I mean, we've we've discussed Ryan so many times over the course of the season and what he brings to the side. A, a, a player in in Ryan Yates that's that's kind of slots in and offers so much more than what than just him as a footballer. Um, if if by virtue of, of some miracle that he was available and you could get him in into that particular position, the sheer running strength of a player such as that, I think, would give Brighton a lot to think about. I think going along with what with with Greg's take on it of there is that natural kind of inclination that you're playing at home, so you need to set the tempo. Obviously, if you're playing, say, a Manchester City or, or whoever, maybe that's slightly different. But I think if you are going to play a two, then there is a responsibility from the wider players to tuck in and help as and when the situation uh, occurs. But I think there's enough in there, in a Forest side. I, again, maybe I'm being stupidly positive. Maybe I'm being, being more Greg. Maybe that's what it is that I'm... Getting, getting your head around what they can do and what we've seen Forrest do um, with regards to not only the midfield that you're asking about, but the, the team as, as, a, as a collective. And is it no wins in 11 now? Did, did I yeah. read that? Is that yeah. the correct that? And then yeah. there was, was a, a comment that I just read about the, the number of wins needed from the remaining games when you look at how many wins have been accrued from the previous God knows how many. So we're, we're basically asking Forest players to play at their very best, at the most fatigued time of the season, at the most highly stressed and emotional time of the season. And that is the test that they've got to try and get themselves through. Um, Structurally, two against three, obviously, I I would always favour playing in the three because you've got that midfield dominance. And Brighton have got... I I watched them at Southampton uh, over Christmas time and they just bounced the life out of Southampton. There's There's a danger that that could happen to Forest if the two don't get anywhere near the three. Yeah, that that would be what worries me. I think. Um, just last last one to you, Greg. It's Leicester versus Leeds. I think Everton have got Newcastle at home. Are you looking at other fixtures yet, or are you just solely thinking it's got to be about us still? I've been looking at other fixtures for a while. <laughs> uh, we we drank in a uh, Everton pub before the game next to Goodison, and I think they must have uh, all been ready to listen to their game on the radio in the pub because there was quite a few in there, and. Uh, they were brilliant. They were saying they still want us to win today as long as it keeps Liverpool out of the, uh, the Champions League. But they they seemed resigned to it. It was strange, like, listening to them. They were, like, resigned to the Championship and ready to go almost. And I think they had that bounce last year. They had those fans behind them, like, taking them towards the end. And I think that might be what we need. And I think if, if we get the result on Wednesday... You know, we get the music on at the end of the game and we get everything we've missed these last few weeks. I think that'll really get us going. And it's a another game then at the weekend where there's a, a chance for a point or three. So it's certainly not over yet. And I, I haven't got a clue what I want from the Leicester game because I've always said I don't think <laughs> they'd go down. Mm. But uh, I'd love it, obviously. But I've always thought they, they will eventually come out of it. So... Yeah, you look at other results, but it's not a very good one this week for us because they're all playing each other, it seems. You want Leicester to win, I think, because Leicester have got Everton next at home. So if they win yeah. that as well, well that, yeah. that would drag Leeds and Everton right into it. Uh, last one, Temps, is this the week? Brighton, Brentford, or Brightford, as you called them at the week last week. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning that, Matthew. wonder how long that would take. Uh, Brighton, Brentford and Southampton, yeah. Is this it now? we have to believe so uh, uh, Brighton and Southampton are the games that I've got as winning if we are to survive uh, Brentford with the Liverpool setup um, 
could feasibly be a point. I mean, look, seven from nine, our form suggests that that's quite unlikely, perhaps. But let's look at the factors for we were really good against Southampton away. They're still rooted to the bottom of the bottom of the table. Brighton spent a lot of energy, physical and emotional yesterday. Um, look really impressive, it has to be said, during the game, but they were broken at the end. And that has to has to be a factor and a fast tempo um, won't suit them, despite the you know the genius of some of their individual players and the fact that they're playing far beyond their value. It's so impressive what's happening at Bright at this moment in time. But this has to be one of those games, like Man City, like Liverpool, like West Ham, where we just raise our level and do what we do at home, get behind the manager, get behind the players, make it a positive, uh, positive environment in which to play football. And of course, we can uh, beat Brighton. Is this the week? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Three points on Wednesday first. Ask me again. Any last words, Prots, from you before we depart? Any last words? Is this now now the Death Row podcast? <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Make this profound, Prots. This is your epitaph. Profound What would your death row meal be? Death row meal. Wow. It's got a bit deep, this, hasn't it? It's got a bit deep. It'd be something boring like pizza and a beer. Because it would uh, just simple things for simple minds, chaps. You know that with me. Well, boy, let, let's go. Let's go round the room. Let's let's end on a light note. If you're about to be sentenced to death, Greg, what would you eat? <laughs> no, I've got a good night I to do. finish. Always, always a chance. Always a chance for a plug. I'd go. I'd ask my brother-in-law to deliver from his restaurant in Chester, Cornishire. <laughs> it's amazing. Social media pro these days, isn't he? No, not about with Nevin Carroll. Yeah, but you're going to do the same. You say, oh, something from Restaurant 6 at Trent Bridge, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, probably probably not, actually. I, t- I didn't realise this was AOB. There was a, a valid comment about the, the Forest women's team who won the, the League Cup at the weekend, uh, beat beat Watford. And that's, that that's a massive AOB, achievement. Okay. I think, um, yeah, like the, the rise of women's sport can't be ignored. We're hosting a women's Ashes Fest this year. Uh, we've, we've bought a... Uh, women's franchise from Loughborough University, like it's it's big news. We saw the Lionesses do so well at Wembley in the summer. We've uh, we've 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 got to get behind that. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a really important thing and worthy of praise to Forest for finding the resource to to make a real success of that in what is a increasingly competitive landscape. Yeah, you stole my AOB, but that's fine. Uh, Forest, uh, Forest ladies beat Forest women, I should say, beat Watford in their league cup, <coughs> league cup final uh, at the Pro League scene yesterday. So well done to them and all power to them. They hopefully win promotion as well. I know we did a podcast and like one team gets promoted from the north and south division to go into the second tier. Absolutely mental, Ridiculous. terrible. Uh, Greg, I know you've got on any other business because you've got a bit behind you, a big weekend for you, yeah. obviously Saturday, but also Sunday at the London Marathon. Tell us about it. Yeah, we all went down to support Sam and Team Sam. Uh, you've probably all heard about it now. Forrest have got behind it. Trent Bridge have got behind it. And what Sam's doing, his fundraising is just phenomenal. So he did the London Marathon on Sunday, uh, completely, obviously, wheelchair, uh, assisted breathing. It's never been done before. He had a superstar triathlete in Chrissy Wellington uh, helping get him round and a, a really good team. And there's loads of us went down. He's raised so much money and he's so close to beating his achievement of last year when he did one more try. So if anyone wants to get behind Sam and Sam's charity into, you know, a, a finding this cure, this much needed cure into motor neurone disease, just 
have a look at just giving just giving.com one more marathon and please if you've got a few quid or if the company you work for have a little charity pot get onto them and ask him to chuck a few quid in it because he's so close now and it was such an emotional day and what he's managed to do so far is just phenomenal and one more guy he was running as well he's a huge forest fan james liner he was running for the charity and he's raised almost a grand now as well so just an amazing day an emotional day and, and what sam's doing it just i've never met anyone like the bloke i mean thames knows him as well and he, he is just an incredible person and we're so close to to getting this amount that we really wanted so if there is anyone out there chuck a couple of quid in we'd be so grateful I'd, yeah, I'd absolutely. seen him at one of the games. Um, I can't remember which game it was, but I, he was sat with uh, Jason Lee um, in the, the little kind of... I can't remember who it was against, because I, I, I was there with uh, my family and the kids learnt all kinds of wonderful new hand gestures from the away end. Um, <laughs> obviously, they never hear that type of language at home. Um, but no, I had, a, I had a good chat with Sam and, and everything that you just said there, Greg, is absolutely perfect, mate. It, it, it's... Perfect in that heartbreaking sense because you chat to he's such such a lovely fella, such a lovely fella, and I know that that type of thing doesn't it doesn't discriminate, does it? It, it doesn't it doesn't care whether you're a good fella, a, a nice person, a horrible person, whatever. It's 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 truly horrific and what he's doing to do that when you sit and talk to him, it's it's just utterly utterly staggering. And I, and I think like like you, anyone that can it their way, absolutely do it. Yeah, so uh, Sam Perkins, we're talking about a big red suffering from motion neurone disease. As Greg says, it's uh, justgiving.com. You can see it behind him uh, if you're watching. Justgiving.com forward slash one more marathon. Uh, I'll probably post the link in the comments as well if people want to donate. Right, I think we shall leave it there. We'll be back on Thursday, hopefully talking about a win against Brighton. Thanks very much for the comments. Uh, do like and subscribe as normal and spread the word. Very much appreciated, as I always say. Temps, thank you very much. Cheers, fellas. Good chat. Greg, thank you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good to see you again, Prut. You too. It's been lovely to see all three of you. And you you're not going to tell us about keeping all the Nigel Jemson in this game, Temps. Are you sworn to secrecy? <laughs> sworn not to. Well, I said I wasn't going to mention it. You've mentioned it twice. So I think we'll wait till Gemma comes on, then we can dissect the old Vol v Bottersford seconds or whatever it was at the dog and duck on a paddy field. <laughs> Conditions were not conducive to modern football, Prutton. You should get Nigel on this. Yeah, I should do. Um, finally, thanks to Prutts. I didn't realise when you agreed to do this, you were hosting the EFL Awards in London last night. Hence the, hence the hotel room. Yes, hence the hotel room, yes. Late finish? No, it's good. It, it, what time, well, we, we got done about half past ten. There was obviously a lot of um, waffling on off the back of that. Um, we Burnley were here, so we got to chat to Vincent Company. Uh, Richie Williams, I've just seen Darren Moore downstairs. Uh, it's good, really, really good. Uh, echoes last year of, of seeing Brennan there and, and him doing very, very well. Um, I think the thing I could say to... to the lovely Forest fans and Forest players is, I don't want to see you there next season. So pull your fingers out, then you can go to all the big, sexy Premier League stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we all want, big, sexy Premier League stuff. <laughs> oh, what an awful, <laughs> awful thing to say. God. Oh, we've got to leave on that note. Yes. Right, thanks very much, everyone. We shall uh, see you on Thursday. Enjoy the game on Wednesday if you can, and hopefully for us pick up a win. In the meantime, have a good few days, and we shall see you soon. <laughs>